Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower, here with the Watchmen, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, Goodness of the Lord in the Land of the Living. Goodness of the Lord in the Land of the Living, a great phrase. It is one that many might mistake for those living in America with no threat of violence or trouble against a believer in our Lord. Do not miss this post. Last Days Perilous, Purposeful, and Prophetic We find the last days perilous, purposeful, and prophetic. The issue with living in this prophetic time period is just that, living. Do not miss this post, Reclaiming America's Heritage Trump Style Reclaiming America's Heritage Trump Style It may well be a toss-up for those who really want to save America. The latest posts on warren-usa.com. Do not miss this post. Surviving the Apocalypse. Classic Warren Radio. Surviving the Apocalypse. In this episode, we find the Watchman and Tower deal biblically with judgment, deliverance, and handling troubles. And do not miss this post. Christian Global News Advocacy Classic Warren Radio. Here we find in former Christian Western nations, paganism and hedonism have replaced traditions, faith of Jesus Christ. Do not miss this post. Prophetic events, the time will come. Prophetic events for the time, that is, for this age, is here now, a time we are living in right now. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. It's a Christian fiction thriller. The Rising details a takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk and dark forces are plotting to bring this country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com. Visit our Christian books and resource shop where we feature The Rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's happening today? Well, there's a lot of things happening in the world. Our buddy uh, 
Dick Cheney that lives over here in Jackson Hole came out and did a video to support Liz Cheney in Wyoming. He be, one of the things that made the round on social media was his, him calling Trump a liar. Oh, that's not And good. he's one of the biggest threats there is. Now that that's Trump coming is? that's coming directly from a rhino though. Right. He's that's a rhino. Right. The horn comes right out of his head. He's got several of them. He's a big rhino. And he's also a globalist. That's right. And uh, so at any rate, we're going to go ahead and do this. Okay. Tonight, is idol worship is found here as we continue with part 140 on battle lines. We are in chapter 46, and the issue is the harlot herself and the idols she worships. While she roamed with her war machines of armies and conquered many nations, getting rich from plunder, we find her end is near. Judah will be released, and the rich fat cat idolater will be brought low to the ground by another power. They will find out just what the Lord God has in store for them. They have no power to stop what is coming. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. In Isaiah 140, Isaiah 46, you know, when you talk about Babylon, you know, every every believer in Christ, Yahshua, in the New Testament, knows Babylon, Mystery Babylon. And uh, when you look at Mystery Babylon, in all honesty, you know, her roots are in the same thing that Babylon of old was. You see, this this is where we have to understand the roots of this is not in, like the problem with Nineveh was, was not in the particular Ninevites themselves. Babel was the same way. And Babylon and mystery Babylon. And the thing that connects them is the spirit of uncleanness, the spirit of darkness. And in the New Testament, she is, I mean, this particular entity is uh, pictured as a woman, a harlot, uh, riding a beast. Now, when you look at harlot and you look at um, Jezebel, which is considered a harlot because of uh, what she had done, along with her husband in the rule of Judah, uh, totally anti-God and led Israel in a wrong way. And, it, and the judgment was so egregious on her that the dogs ate her. And that was a, the prophet gave this prophecy and that's what happened to her. So when we look at Babylon, we see a lot of uh, qualities and things, uh, lessons and various things that we can see throughout in other in other um, areas, other time periods. And so when we look in America today and we look in the world, we can see the whore of Babylon. We can see the same spirit working to create the one globalist order. And, you know, because they want to have a vast city, they want to have, you know, everybody worshiping anybody, but anybody or anything but Jehovah uh, Jehovah God's son, Yahshua. So when you look at it, like in verse 6, the first two words is they lavish. And that particular phrase means properly to shake out and then pour out abundantly in a lavish manner. Well, what are they shaking out? They're shaking gold out and silver. And what are you going to do with it? I mean, if you have a lot of gold, well, what they did, first of all, they had to hire someone that had knowledge. Now, you see, previously, Israel didn't have that knowledge. When they came out of Egypt, they didn't have the knowledge of doing a lot of things to build the temple. But it pointedly says, when you follow the, the journey of Israel out of Egypt and going to Sinai and going through all the things they had to do, receiving the law and also building the temple. Moses had to decree all of it and 
building everything that we know today uh, from that temple. They had to have goldsmiths, silversmiths, and people that could work in wood, you know, artisans. And there wasn't any. God had to give them this natural knowledge supernaturally so they could know how to do it. And, you know, this is an interesting thing that people get, you know, people today, you know, they're equipped with, you know, a fabulous voice or whatever it may be. And many times we don't give credit to the Lord God who who has created us and given people certain gifts. And what we do with those gifts is precisely one of the things that determines, you know, that avenue that we're going to walk in life. And so we're looking at a city-state who is really, really powerful. Now, where did they get the gold and the silver and all the trinkets? They pillaged it. They took it. And part of that gold they had taken when they uh, overran Judah. And they carried him captive, Daniel. And there was a lot of young boys that, and young people that were brought into Babylon. And uh, Daniel actually rose to um, prophethood. And, and in Babel, he was, uh, Babylon, he was well known. So we're, we're looking at a time when his time is pretty much over. And subsequent generations uh, have taken over for um, Nebuchadnezzar. And it's facing judgment now. And the judgment will come through Cyrus. But see, these descriptions list really why the Lord God... And it's not the only reason, because he was going to bring them down to free his people. Uh, first of all, they didn't want to free them. So lavish, I mean, if you're going to lavish something, you have to have a lot of gold. I mean, you can't lavish anything like gold if you just have, say, like uh, 10 or 20 coins. You know, we're, we're talking enough to make idols here. We're talking a lot of stuff, a lot of gold and a lot of silver, a lot more than I would think that many people could ever even imagine. And they were going to do one thing with it. They were going to make a god with it. And uh, we covered the making of idols, and I don't want to go through that, but you can read that. Because the prophet goes through it, and this is what the Lord God wanted. Wanted to relate to the readers, to those to whom the prophecy was given, how much effort went in to create a God and use things that man valued. See, he's not going to, they're not going to use dirt. And if they use wood, they'll use wood to carve out the form of the god, and then they will use goldsmiths to pound the gold in shape round about it and to finish it. So it is an art. And you find the same kind of art when you follow Paul, and you know, in Acts. And he runs into people, you know, like... Um, in Ephesia, the Ephesians, for instance, they had people who was making idols to Diana, the goddess Diana, and you know there was a lot of, lot, a lot of trouble there, because people were getting saved, getting delivered, and nobody wanted to buy the idols, and that's how the idol makers made all their money. People would sell them as trinkets, and so the threat to any idol. The threat to any kingdom that base everything on idol worship is anybody that believes in a true and living God. And, of course, Israel was a threat to that. But, see, Israel even got caught up to that. But, you see, the thing of it is, is that when we talk about revelation now, 
being mystery Babylon. This is why it's called a mystery. And it's going to, and matter of fact, the spirit of that mystery Babylon has been with us all the time. But it is now getting fulfilled because it will be riding the beast, which is going to rise out of the sea. So you, you've got some major issues that we're looking at here. And um, to think that today, you know, we are so far removed from idol worship couldn't be further from the truth. You know, we have China who has a lot of idols. Uh, one of the most common, of course, and even in Japan, you know, th- there's numerous uh, kinds of things like the Buddha statue. And if you get over in India, they have all kinds of various images and statues that represent various gods over there. And they have a multitude of idols over there. And they represent everything. And so you, you've got this where you've got the Hindus that have these idols. And then you've got the Christians who are preaching the true and living God and that's the classic uh, clash of culture uh, and beliefs and religious and then you get down in Pakistan you have the culture of Mark uh, of uh, Islam versus Christianity and so you have this played out in these last days and and it's really virulent and uh, it's all over the place and so at the same time we have the communists in their culture around the world, especially in China. And so in all of this chaos is where the beast is going to rise up. Now, speaking back again of Jezebel, you see, when we talk about Jezebel coming out of the Old Testament, you have to understand that when God uh, betrothed himself to Israel, she was to be faithful to him. And so when they chose another God, they were unfaithful. Like, a, you know, and this specifically targets the wife, you know, that the wife was unfaithful because the husband being here, being God, couldn't be unfaithful. And so you, you find this personification within uh, whoredoms and Jezebel a, a female image uh, because it's so close to the heart of God that you know the church you know is united to the Lord through the blood covenant but we are the bride of Christ while at the same token if you got into um, uh, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven they call that the you know the bride as well and so in revelation 2:14 i mean any time you think that god has just said to the christian church that you don't have to worry about into this i mean specifically you know in revelation 2:14 it says i have a few things against thee because you have there them that hold the doctrine of balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. This was when Israel uh, had been delivered out of um, Egypt and God had done miraculous things and delivered them. And all the nations knew uh, about this Lord God of Israel and they were afraid. And so we go back to that time and that sin and that was um, the real problem here is that you couldn't defeat him militarily unless you got him to sin against the Lord God. And that was the whole thing. That was the stumbling block before the children of Israel. Now, if you go into Revelation 2.20, it says again, now he's talking to the church here. The first one's talking to the church. But unless you understand the Old Testament, the law, and the history, 
and understand what is going on here. And this is how Isaiah relates as well. He's bringing the children of Israel out of an idolatrous, uh, idolatrous nation, an idol-worshipping nation. And they're going to have some of that hang on to them. And they, most of them have forgotten the law or how to do it because they're the kids of the ones that went in there. And so they've got to re- be retaught the law. And many of them don't even know how to get back to Jerusalem. And so we've covered all that where God has said, well, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to bring you out. And uh, their job was to believe. That was their number one thing, to believe and obey. And so in Revelation 2.20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because you suffer that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed unto idols. Even Paul mentions sacrificing, eating things sacrificed unto idols. Now, see, we don't give another thought of it in today's world. With the Christian doctrine and things, we don't even think about it. But I can tell you, there was one time we had a restaurant over here, and we had eaten in there several times. And one day we went in there, and I think it was under new ownership, and they had a real big Buddha right at the beginning of the restaurant. I wouldn't eat in there again. Now, you see, that's because in my world... A lot of these things still apply. In these world, God knows you're eating to an idol because they have dedicated that thing to an idol. And the Chinese is the same way with various gods they have. So it's really important where we're, go- where we're going. But Paul does cover that in the New Testament. But the problem of it here, finding it in Revelation, is an issue. And this is exactly what... In Revelation 13, we find the beast and, you know, we have the whore with the cup of abominations. And that's a cup of all kinds of abominations. So like in America, we might have some abominations, you know, and we do have a lot. But you get over in Iran, you get over in some of the Muslim countries, they're not going to have the same abomination. That They will have some of it there. But not to our scale. Why? Because Islam doesn't believe in those things. There is a difference. Now, there's Christians here, and many Christians don't believe in some of these things. But see, in our society, it is an open and a free society. They like to call it a democracy. So you're going to live in this country with sins and iniquity everywhere. But see, what's going to happen on a global scale is that they will have this on a global scale and regulate all the money and force people to take the mark. And they will be caught up in the idolatry. The same thing. They'll be worshiping the beast. That's exactly what Israel was got, got in trouble for. That's what the early, uh, that was what the early nations of the Canaanites that the children of Israel ran out of. That's the country they were given because they had done the same thing. And Israel was warned, do not do the same thing that these nations did before you, but they did them anyway. And so in the world, what does that tell the Christians in the world? You know, the love of the world is a nimnity with God. You know, and you're not supposed to love the world. But in America, we have gotten to the point over many, many years... And now we're so divided and hateful, it's going to be a wonder if we ever, you know, stay together. Because you've got all these sins, you've got all this stuff, and it's coming together in the last days. And so what we're talking about here is understanding when Isaiah's going through this, that idolatry is a big thing. And the, the fact that he goes to so much trouble... To illustrate how these people made idols should tell you what God's trying to say. And that is there's the true and living God. He is not an idol. Nobody made him. He's there. He's always been there. And Yahshua's always been there. And there was not anything made that was not made by him, our Lord. And so... 
you know, when you understand that and understand the fact that God even warned the churches of Revelation against this. Well, we know today that there are churches today that embrace immorality and godlessness, and they think it's fine. And see, they also don't understand defiling the Bema seat and defiling the church. You know, can God's house dwell with devils? Well, indeed it does. But see, God cannot be kept in a house. That's what he told uh, That's what he told the children of Israel. Can you keep me in that? No. You can't. But see, it's it's one of those things that if you're a Christian, you've got to make sure that there's no idol in your life. And if there's one thing that that America has is idols. We've got every kind of idol you could think of. And movie stars, they literally become idols. Human idols to other humans. And we that's what we do. And God, there's only one Lord and only one God to whom you should be doing any bowing the knee to. Now in Revelation 9.20 it says, The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, now this is during the tribulation, yet repented not of their works of their hands, they, they should not worship devils, idols of gold and silver and brass, stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Now understand, he's talking about the tribulation. We as believers today know the tribulation is coming. It's one of the major prophetic talking points and always has been. They were talking about Babylon back in the 1900s and the 1800s and the 1600s, going all the way back. Men, especially those in the church, have always been interested in this. Women have been interested. Kids get interested in it. But see, even today, with all of our knowledge, with all the things that we know, we're not going to get rid of idol worship because we find it in Revelation, part of the judgment in Revelation. And there were plagues. That's the plagues in Revelation. And they were not killed by the plagues. They survived, and you would think that that would be enough to convince them. But they didn't repent. And the works of their hands here indicates directly the worshiping of devils and idols of gold. Well, Natural News and the Health Ranger did a whole bunch of stuff on a major worldwide devil worship thing that they did. And they had the idol out there. You could see it. Likened unto Baal. And this was uh, streamed live. And the one initial picture has this huge idol with fire breathing. And it has to be fire breathing because you offer your offer your kids unto unto Baal and uh, the fire thereof and they made their children pass through the fire now that's Judah that was doing this this is the tribe through which the Messiah came through this is the tribe that went into captivity and God delivered them out at the hand of Cyrus after 70 years so make no mistake you know when you're looking through this you need to wake up and pay attention to what this is talking about Because if you think this is just history, you've missed the point. Because this is about what's going on today. Because it never ended. And he goes on to say, now see, if you really had a God. Now I'll tell you, there are people that are going to appear as gods. And as we go into this. In the last days, you're going to find something else happen. Listen closely. The materializing of evil. Well, it's already evil, you'll say. Yeah, that's true. But this evil is like nothing you've ever seen. That materializing of evil, his arrival is opened by the mystery of iniquity and the sins. And the mystery of iniquity as such, the mystery of it is simple. It's not difficult. The mystery is 
How did things get so wicked and so full of iniquity? It's never been that way. That is the mystery of iniquity. And there is a time to which this is placed at the end of days. Paul points it here. And it's a time when they will reject the love of the truth, which is the gospel, which is God so loved the world. You know that verse well, John 3.16. But that is pervasive through the entire New Testament. And so verse 7, Isaiah writes, they bear him, meaning the idol, upon the shoulder. They carry him, meaning the idol, and set him in his place, and he stands from his place. Shall he not remove? Yea, shall one cry unto him? Yet can he not answer nor save him out of his trouble? Now you might say, well, see, God never talks to me. God doesn't appear. Well, he does appear. Matter of fact, Tower and I in our show on the Advocacy on Wednesday nights have done a lot of testimonials talking about these things from on the field, direct reports of seeing the Lord talking to him and even the enemies of God being saved. We see this today. So if he's a, if he's a God, he will listen, you know, a benevolent God. He will listen to their troubles and say, be of good comfort, brother. I'll take care of you. I will take care of it today. He don't speak, you see. There's nothing there. There's demons behind it. And most of them come and bring an offering to appease the demons. And the reason you're appeasing them is because you're worshiping them instead of God. See, that's the whole point. The point isn't, you know, necessarily to make you just kiss up to the idol. The point is, in every temptation of the devil, in every temptation by his minions, there's one point to get you away from the true living God and his son who saves you. To get you away from his forgiveness. To get you away from underneath the blood of the covenant. To get you to be a heathen, godless, blinded, and heading into a devil's hell. And while you're doing that, you'll feel great most of the time. Although there are some that go through tremendous agonizing things and then they finally get saved. Shall he not remove? You know, you put him in his place. Well, can he put himself in his own chair? Can he just sit up there? Can he turn his head? Can he talk to you? Doesn't his eyes blink? Well, I'll tell you, the one, when we talk about the image, which does speak, that's in Revelation, the one connected to the mark and the false prophet. That's the second beast. He is going to be able to do all those things and more. Now, how is he going to do it? Through technology. Our technology today will do that. See, they're already talking about the AI that they have has developed the ability to learn from man. But see, there's a real issue when we are programming creation. See, when God did creation, he's perfect. When man does it, he's imperfect. So there will never be a perfect anything created by man. Never. It'll be created by the Lord God. That's the only perfection there is in this world and in this universe and in every other universe you may find and in every other dimension. There's only one true and living God. Now you see one good description is found in Jeremiah 10. Now, he's talking to Judah, okay? Verse 3, For the customs of the people are vain or useless. It don't, go, it don't get them anywhere, in other words. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe. Now, see, here we go again. You need wood. What for? To form the idol. 
They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not. Now, see, they just don't merely deck it. Gold is soft. You can take that and you can pound a shape. So if you have an artisan in wood that takes a block of wood, and you see them, we see them around town. In front of a house, they've cut down a tree, so somebody's come along and carved, you know, an animal or something out of it. Well, see, that's what they were doing. They would carve it out. They would then take it and form this gold around it. They are upright, he says, as the palm tree, but they don't speak. They must needs be born. You know, you got to carry them because they cannot go, he says. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. They're wood. They're inanimate objects. So you're worshiping inanimate objects. Now, see, we're talking moving ahead to the tribulation. The difference is going to be again. When this beast, the one that talks and the one that moves, the image of the beast, he will seem so real you will never know the difference and you will worship him. And it will be required. And he will control all your currencies, the ability to buy and sell. And if you don't do it, you'll be killed. And so there's a lot of people that would do that. For as much as they're... And see, and, and this is the thing. If you go into Africa, their idols and their stuff are not powerful. Except to those who are not saved. And they're ruled by the witch doctor through fear. And that's how these demons work. I remember a gal that uh, we used to interview her quite a bit, Dr. Pat Holliday. And she used to tell us stories on air when I was interviewing her about going to Africa and stuff. And when the witch doctors heard she was coming, they weren't very happy, so they'd send a curse out. And uh, the people would say, the witch doctor is going to send curses at you. So she would pray and send the curses back seven times fold. And so there is a spiritual warfare that you as a Christian believer need to be armed. That is why Paul goes through Ephesians about it. So you need to understand that you can't just say you're going to rebuke these things. You need to do it in Jesus' name. Don't do it in your name. Do it in Jesus' name. His is the paramount power that all principalities and powers bow to. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O King of nations? For to thee doth it appertain. For as much as among all the wise men of the nations and all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee, but they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. Now you see, you're comparing the true and the living God. And here we're looking at our God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, Yahshua HaMashiach. See, that is your wisdom. There's none like unto them. None like unto our great God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, nor like his mercy, his grace, and the power. And the Christians based and connected to him in power have the ability to pray for the sick and they'll be healed. Now see, this is important. They have the ability to speak truth and faith and to conquer because the power of Christ, he said, greater things than these, and that was what he did at the time when he was on earth, shall you do because I go to my Father. Now, he's not talking to a weak church. He's talking to people who are on fire, who have gotten off the fence, uh, the fence sitting, and are going forward in faith and power. Verse 8, back in Isaiah again, where we started. Remember this and show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind. And see, the big thing, when you're delivering Judah out, and you've just gone through about idols, 
you're bringing them to the point and you're challenging challenging them to admit that their ways that they had were foolish. They were wrong. And that to trust the living God to get out of there. And, you know, they did get out of there. And Israel was good for a long time. But by the time you see the Roman Empire take over and you see them in charge in the, you know in Israel and that whole area they they controlled the whole world and the group you know Israel known as Judah pretty much you know was gathered in Jerusalem during the Roman Empire and they still had the temple there but by the time Joshua came and he went, he had already prophesied that their house would be left to them desolate. And Titus came in, killed a million Jews, and raised everything. And it wasn't until 1948 that the Jewish population got back into the land and got their state back, their nation. They didn't get the whole thing, but they got part of it. And so this is the progression. And so, you know, they're looking forward to building a temple. But there's a big problem in Israel today. And I read part of it today from an Israeli who was writing. And, and I'm not sure what his, uh, he, he was writing on a major publication. I don't know him. But he was talking to the Jews that want to have a temple. We don't want your temple, you know. It, we're in a different time, you know, because the people that wanted it were ultra-Orthodox. They wanted to go back to the time of the Old Testament, which there's no reason why they wouldn't want that. They would because they live in the Old Testament law. And so naturally they want to get back there. These are the same people that can't sacrifice like they used to, so they sacrifice birds and other things. And sometimes they get in trouble when they try to sacrifice more than that. But see, there's even a cultural difference in Israel itself. And see, the thing of it is, is that with Judah here, God's mercy is bringing them out. And you might say, well, mercy didn't exist in the Old Testament. It sure did. All of the things that we know as believers existed. It hadn't come to its fullness. But if you read where God revealed himself to Moses, he declared who he was. And you'll find that back in the Old Testament. And he was a God that showed mercy to thousands upon thousands of generations. And God gave mercy to the Gentiles because we were grafted in because of Yahshua dying on the cross and we are redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. We have been grafted in and we're justified by faith, not by the works of the law. Now, if we get down, now I have another section here, but I'm not going to read that. That's in Isaiah 44, 14 through 20. And that, again, tells the procedure that they went through to get an idol and here they actually talk about cedar and cypress and oak and those are some really good woods and it's interesting when you see all this but let's go to Romans and you know this one one and there's about five verses verse 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. 
being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The nations of men are without excuse because you can clearly see his handiwork. Everything that it exists, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't just a great bang theory. It was God. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, because, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now this is where you're leading into idolatry. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the corruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now see, when man won't listen, he gives them up to their own lusts. And here it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. See, their heart was filled with this. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than their creator, who is blessed forevermore. Now, if you apply this to America in our, in our societies today, it's the same thing. You know, just like that global broadcast where they were worshiping Baal, and you had all the men and women were standing butt naked all around this idol. And I didn't see the video. They just had a picture before an article that he had written. But you see, there is a lot of Satanism and black magic and witchcraft in America today. Just about every kind of abomination that you could think of. And when you think of Mystery Babylon and the whore, the harlot, with the cup of uh, of, of abominations and blasphemies I mean we have it going here and we've got kids uh, well I'm I'm a we she they you know they got all kinds of personal pronouns and people are that picky but that pickiness is a lie All of that stuff is a lie. And everything they're doing is leading them right down where they don't want to go, but they do want to go. See, you don't want to go there because of what's going to happen. But you do want to go there because you're being led astray by your lusts. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? Well, welcome to this generation. And the generations upon generations of Americans who have changed the truth of God. They have changed the truth even of America. They have changed the truth of the beginning of this country. And they have done it all to change this country. And Soros, an old man that has more money and nothing to do, spends billions to destroy America. That's his only one goal. Before he dies, he wants to have on his resume, I destroyed America. Now, you see, I live in America. And I know a lot of people who live in America, personally. But I'm looking for a home. Whose builder and maker is God. The same home. The same city. That Abraham was looking for. See, Abraham had faith. He didn't get justified before God because of law. He got justified because he believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness sake. Read Ephesians. Paul talks about it. And 46, verse 9, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. There is none else, and there is none like me. 
I am God. He says, I am God twice. The word I am, I am that I am. Those two words, I and am, the Lord even talked about that using that phrase, I am. The great I am, the true and the living God, Jehovah God, I am. Who shall I say sent me? I am, saith the Lord. I am that I am. In other words, I am. I've been here. I've always been here. There's no other God. There's nobody in the back room. I am. <laughs> and so he went and told Pharaoh that. He told the children of Israel that. Now Pharaoh just says, you know, I don't know this God. And neither will let Israel go. Well, in the end, he did. And he found out. He found out the hard way. And the world, the nations of men, will find out the hard way. Now, you see, Daniel covers this. And he has a long prayer. And I'm not going to go through it all because it's 13 verses. But see, in verse 4, he says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, and to keep them that keep his commandments, and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake thy name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. So Daniel, before he ever got going, you know, when you talk about Daniel being a great prophet, he wanted to confess, not just for himself, but for the whole of Israel. Because he knew what they had done wrong. In verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, of things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. All my pleasure. It doesn't matter what Iran thinks. It doesn't matter what uh, China and the communists think. It doesn't matter what Putin thinks and the Soviet communists it doesn't matter what America thinks. It doesn't matter what the woke people think. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. What does matter? Today, knowing the Lord and staying with him. In Ephesians 9-12, through 12, matter of fact, you need to read just the first chapter of Ephesians having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, which, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, and whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. And that's, you know, when we really, really look at this and really understanding what is going on. You know, Isaiah is really rich with this. And I, I think it's imperative that we do understand that. But see, we also need to understand it for the very circumstances that we ourselves are in. And uh, I think that's important. Because in America, we are in trouble. And when you have a judgment, it's going to fall on everything. So, next week we are going to be 
continuing with this, and we're going to be talking about Cyrus. Now, I've covered Cyrus extensively, but all of this is summing up and bringing to a close everything. Then when we get into the next chapter, 47, we'll be talking about the daughter of Babylon. And all of these things are really leading up to some really good stuff. And it's been good so far. We've covered so much. But any God that can deliver Judah by calling Cyrus to defeat Babylon and then ordering the children of Israel to go rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. Now that's a God. He is the governor of the nations. He is the Lord God of all. But make no mistake. There is one who is coming. Who is dark. And he it is shall deceive the nations of men. And it's not a time that you want to be here. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless those who hear this word whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. I'm here. Isn't it wonderful to know that God is in charge? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. We don't have to be fearful. Well, you know, I know sometimes we get concerned. That's right. And maybe even fearful because we are flesh. Yes. But the good thing about God, through his word, through his spirit, he can heal us. He can give us hope. He can guide us. And he can deliver us. Amen. And, you know, Paul said, through much tribulation, do we enter into the kingdom of God. And so don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Do you have a few words in closing? um, Just thank you for joining us, everybody, whenever you do. We love you. We always hope the best for you in the Lord. Please stay safe. Be careful. And always look to the Lord for all your needs. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to pick up my book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. You can find it at LifeRich Publishing. You can find it on Amazon. And you can find over on our website at warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. I've got links to my featured book page. Uh, I also have links to where you can buy it. Not all of them. This book is available everywhere globally. So get the rising. It's a good book. I want to, you know, want to hear from you after you read it. So get the book. Read it. And go by our websites and leave us a message and tell us what you think. And so take care, be safe, and be blessed. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And until next week, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-ch- 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.